absolutely have to have training and not just skills training, but business training. It is a business and every actor and actress is a businessman and businesswoman who's selling themselves and their brand. And there's a lot that goes into this aside from, I can knock the scene out of the ballpark. I'm a super talented actor. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co-host, AJ Meyer, and my co-host Trevor Algat will be joining us next week. Coming up in episode 184, we have part one of Trevor's chat with casting director Jeremy Gordon. Jeremy has been a casting director or casting associate on some of the biggest film and television projects out there, including Psych, Law and Order, and The Wolverine. He has also produced his own projects, which means that this interview hits all the right inside acting sweet spots. In part one, Jeremy talks about the meandered path to his current career, what it takes to truly call yourself an actor, and the worst thing he's ever heard an actor say in an audition. It's all coming up in episode 184, so stay tuned. This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines? Be off book for auditions? Explore your character and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com download. Hey guys, so as you can hear, Trevor is not with me today. Um, Once again, the coordination of the bi-coastal time difference can be quite challenging sometimes, and I don't want to ask that guy to wake up any earlier than he already does. I mean, you know, he's got to get his beauty rest and and allow his body to uh, build on those already insane muscles while he sleeps. It's a little inside joke for Trev. I told him I was going to make fun of his muscles if he let me do this episode on my own. So there it is. Anyway, moving on to more relevant things. Probably the most exciting thing this week for me was I had a meeting for that FX show Tyrant, um, which is an interesting sort of circuitous story because I actually went in for the pilot of this show uh, quite a long time ago. I mean, they're just starting their second season. So, and that audition was actually in Los Angeles with a completely different casting office. So, it looks like one of those situations where either after the pilot or after the first season, they handed the the show over to another office and actually probably moved all of the casting and producing and, and whatnot to New York. That might have something to do with the fact that they don't shoot it well. They shoot some of it, but not a lot of it in the States. A lot of it is shot overseas um, in all kinds of crazy awesome places because they need the authentic feel of the Middle East. If you haven't seen this show or seen or, or heard of it, just go on YouTube and, and look up some clips. They've got some trailers and stuff on there, and it really looks authentic, even though it takes place in a fictional Middle Eastern country. I was excited to be going back into this office for 
or for the show rather, for a number of different reasons, not the least of which meeting and booking a new office. And I think I did that. I think it went well and I created a new fan, but also because of my ethnic ambiguity that I've talked about on the show before, it is such a right fit for me. And I know that there is probably going to be a role for me on that show at some point. It was interesting, after I was done with my audition, the casting, and this is why I think that I may have created a fan, the casting director asked, AJ, where are you from? How long have you been in New York? She really was interested in, you know, probably, my guess is, why have I never heard of this person before? So I said, yeah, I've only been here a year, and I came from LA, and it's so great to meet you. I'm really enjoying meeting, you know, meeting new um, offices out here in New York. So... I think it went well, and we'll just have to see what comes of that in the future. Speaking of type, though, I also have another meeting coming up tomorrow, the day after I record this. So by the time this goes live, I will have already had the audition, but I can talk about it, or meeting rather. I can talk about it in the next uh, episode. I don't want to give away too much, but suffice it to say that I am auditioning to be the spokesperson, the face of a brand, much in the vein of like the uh, Dos Equis guy or Flo from the progressive commercials. And it's really fascinating because they were looking for a Mediterranean look, guy who's like 30 to 35, which I am, uh, who plays the guitar, and, and it, it, which I do. And it made me think that there's so much that an actor can do to diversify who they be as a person. You know, Trevor and I talk about all the time about going out there, getting life experience, and making yourself a more whole person so that you are a more, more whole actor. There's, there's something to be said for diversifying your, I don't know if I want to call them special skills, but rather the things that make you you, the things that make you unique, because sooner or later, someone is going to come along with that part or something similar to it. And I'm getting called into this, to this meeting, this, this, this office. And even if I don't book it, this office actually, for some strange reason, they're, they're, they're working on this commercial, but they are a huge office that casts other TV shows, once again, I don't want to name names, but they cast big, big, big TV shows. I get to go in there and just be myself, once again, booking another office. So I just wanted to encourage everyone, you know, this is coming up for me a lot with the hockey thing that I've mentioned before. I just want to encourage everyone to get out there and make the most of who you be and who you are as a unique individual, first and foremost. Be a better human, be a more diverse human, be a good human, and I think all of those things will lend themselves well to your acting. Speaking of increasing your skill set as an actor, this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com start for a free getting started in voiceover online class It'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio, skills, uniqueness, as I was just talking about before. That's VO, the number two, gogo.com slash start. 
Well, we did get a listener question or two, but because Trevor's not here, I really want him to weigh in on some of these. So I just want to give a shout out quickly to Brian and let you know that we are going to get to your question and we've got a few more in the pipeline. So have no fear. I just want Trevor to be around for that conversation. So without further ado, we'll just move right into part one of Trevor's chat with casting director Jeremy Gordon. Uh, This is a fun one, guys. Jeremy is very down to earth. One thing that Trevor requested I mention here is that uh, he had some technical issues and he recorded this on the entire interview on his iPhone. I kind of wish he hadn't said anything because when I listened to it, I couldn't really tell. It just sounded like every once in a while, one of the two of them was really far away from the microphone. Like they got up to go get some pretzels out of the fridge or something. Do you keep pretzels in a fridge? I don't think you do. Anyway, moving on. Here's the interview. Hey everybody, this is Trev, and I'm really excited to be sitting here across from casting director Jeremy Gordon. Uh, I met you in Howie Gold's class. We had uh, a really great time, and you had so much great information to share. So I'm stoked to be sitting here. Thank you for taking the time to sit down. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me here. We usually like to start at the very beginning and just kind of get a feel for what your journey has been like. You started out as an actor, and you were an actor for you said about like a minute, and then you were like, then you're like, I, screw it, I'm not I'm not down with this anymore. So so tell us about the head. Sure. I I went to uh, Syracuse University. I studied acting. I wanted to be an actor. Uh, and then I came out to L.A. and I went on three auditions and I decided this is not for me. It wasn't my thing. I think I always liked rehearsing and I liked the process a lot more than performing. I don't remember ever feeling those feelings of performing that people say that they get. So I liked the process more. But of course I came out here to be an actor and then I had no idea what to do. Got a job at TGI Fridays. Don't tell anybody that. And uh, then went to grad school and became a teacher, and I was a teacher for seven years. I taught first grade and seventh grade before I got back into the business and casting. What a crazy sort of journey. I mean, you said actor, then you said TGI Friday, then you said teacher for I like... Did you say TGI Friday? Did you say TGI no, Friday? I, didn't, I thought oh, I must have heard Chili's no. or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you finally kind of came around all the way back to finding your way back into the industry. Well, yes, I was working as a teacher, and a friend of mine who uh, was a line producer, Joe Dane, uh, had a bunch of films that he was line producing for Full Moon Features. They do horror films, like B-Campy horror films, and he literally anointed me a casting director. said, we need a casting director. You you were an actor for a minute. You could probably do this. Check it out. Uh, And I did it, and then I just made it up as I was going along. I had no idea what I was doing on that first film, but I had a great time. So I did that with Joe Dane and Full Moon Features for two years while I was teaching. So after school and weekends I was casting and I just fell in love with it so much I quit teaching. And I guess universally that's why I studied acting originally so that I can be a better casting director. Isn't there like a union or something that you sort of do or do not have to be a part of as a, as a casting director? You don't have to be a part of it, um, but you can be a part of it. When I first started, there was no union. It's sort of newish. Uh, I joined day one when we could probably eight years ago or so. 
Uh, there is a union now. You don't have to be a part of it. Most, most casting directors are, because why would you not be? So that journey from graduate from Syracuse, coming to L.A., going on those three auditions, all the way down around back to casting director, how long did that take you? I think I've been casting for about 13 years. I love what I do. I still think it's a magical process. Uh, the whole business is still magical to me. I, I, I say all the time that I feel like the little Jewish kid inside from Brooklyn who's here in this magical land of Hollywood, and it's, it's really amazing to me to, for instance, watch a television show and see an actor that I know and call their agents the next day and bring them in for an audition or to meet an actor at a showcase or, or give an actor their first job and to see them five years, ten years later and they have their own television show. It's awesome and it's magical and I've been doing it long enough where I've been able to see some actors literally grow up uh, and it's quite, it's rewarding and magical is the only word I can think of. I just think it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Right on. And that's a, that's a great segue because it, it, it gets us into the conversation of how you interact with actors. I mean, obviously you have a, a really wonderful respect for, for actors and, and what they do and everything. But what's this work? What's the working relationship like? I mean, I, there's got to be some actors out there that annoy the crap out of you. And there's got to be some that you just want to kind of bow down to. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with, with actors. Actors are batshit crazy in the best way possible. <laughs> I don't understand how any of you can do what you do all day long and, and go through this process and get rejected. But I respect actors so much and I love them. All of my friends are actors. Shocker. I, I do have a lot of respect for them. And at the same time, I expect a lot out of them. Uh, I expect a lot out of everybody. I, nobody in this world is going to find success in anything that they do by half-assing it. So you really have to work for it. And I see actors of all kinds, those actors that just sit by the phone and they wait and then they come in and they sort of prepare for the audition and all the way to those actors that give it their you know, 10,000% and really want it and will really work for it. Uh, and it's at the end of the day, we only need one actor per role. And people say, well, how do you sit there in sessions all day long with these actors who aren't prepared and they aren't very good? And that all goes away when you find that one actor over the course of the day. If you find that one actor that just blows you away, the rest of it falls by the wayside. I just, I just love it. I love seeing actors come in and own that role and show us who this character is. And I can see the director thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what that moment means. That's how this should be played. So for me, that's awesome. And I love seeing actors do their thing. So when you say you, you find an actor that really blows you away, what does that usually look like? What, what is your response or what do you usually find is kind of common among actors that are like, oh, my God, that's, that's our guy? Oh, God, that's a hard question to answer. I think there are probably a million answers. So here's a great example. Uh, I cast a movie years ago called Spork, and it's about a 13-year-old hermaphrodite. That's the Spork gotcha. reference. Gotcha. Uh, directed by J.B. Gooman. It's on Netflix. You should see it. It's a very great, amazing movie, uh, and how she finds her way through middle school with all of her friends, Betsy Biatch and Tootsie Roll and Lucy Goosey and Chunk. It's a crazy movie, uh, and it offends everybody. So if you are easily offended, don't watch it. But one of the leads, Tootsie Roll, the director wanted a very dark-skinned African-American girl. And I met this girl, Sydney Park, who is a pretty well-known actress now. Uh, I met her when she was eight doing stand-up comedy at the Comedy Store or Laugh Factory, one of those places. And she had written her own uh, stand-up routine about the flavor of love. And it was totally inappropriate for a little girl and it was hilarious. And I met her and her mother after the show gave them my card, and we stayed in touch for four years until there was a role that was right for her. She's uh, half Asian, half African American, and a little bit of a spitfire, so hard to find a role for that every day. 
I bring her in for this role, but the director said, I want a very dark-skinned African-American girl. I said, JB, this, this girl is amazing. You just have to trust me. She is this character. She'll, she'll be amazing. You just, just trust me. Well, no, I really want a dark-skinned. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring her in, and if you don't like her, you don't like her, but just hold on. And she walked in owning it. Like, she, as she walked into the casting studio, I didn't even recognize her. She had transformed herself, and she walked in as this character. And I look at the director, and I can see it already working. And she does the audition, and she nails it, and there was literally no competition. She was the answer from the get-go. And when actors do that, when they own the role so much that they say to you, there is nobody else for this role, okay, then I will bow down to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. Straight to wardrobe. Let's go. That's awesome. We talk a lot about on the show <clears throat> booking the office as opposed to yes. maybe trying to figure out what the casting director, the producer, the director, trying to figure out what they want. Instead of doing that, just going in, showing your ideas, being like, this is my take on the character. If it jives with yours, great. If it doesn't, no problem. As long as I show up as a professional who knows what's up. And then, because you said you stayed in touch with this girl and her family for four, four, years. four years. Yeah, it took four years to finally have a role that she was right for and to bring her in. But you're... 100% right, and one thing I like to tell actors is that it's never about this one moment in time. Yes, of course, you would love to book this role, but that's not what is most important about this audition. You book the role, you don't book the role, what are the chances? What you really want as an actor is to, as you said, book the office. You want the casting director and the staff to look at you as professional, prepared, engaged, talented, and we want to bring you back on the next project or in six months and keep bringing you back until you keep booking things and we'll keep bringing you back. It's not about this one audition. Actors have to look at the bigger picture. Uh, you can come in and you can tank an audition, but you can also tank the chances of ever coming back into that office because of how you handle yourself or what you do or don't do or say or don't say. And I have seen talented actors from the top five agencies come in and say the wrong thing and just never get asked back. So when you say say the wrong thing, do you have any I had sort of totally inappropriate <laughs> story? An anonymous examples? Uh, anonymous, sure, but it's <laughs> totally not appropriate. You can edit it out if you okay, want. Okay, well, hey, why not? Let's go for okay, it. Okay, great. So this was during pilot season a few years ago. Uh, and let's just say he's – no one knows who he is, but he was repped at one of the biggest talent agencies. Uh, we had a sign on our office door that said, Hello, actors, we love you, but it's pilot season and we're just not shaking hands. Okay, fine. He comes in, he sits down, there's a room full of actors. He's the kind of actor that could not just sit there, had to be part of every conversation, and jump in, every, talk to everybody. Nobody, so everything had to be about him. And then he walks up to my desk, and I'm sitting there, and he just stands there. And I look up, and I, can I help you? And he pauses, and he looks at the sign on the door, and he looks at me, and he said, you know what, I read your sign, and I just thought you should know that I don't think you'd want to shake my hand anyway because I masturbate a lot and I don't wash my hands. And scene. I, I, didn't, I, did, I did no idea how to Holy respond to that shit. except other than to ask him to have a seat. And for me, that was the end of his audition. There's, 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 I don't care how talented he was. That was literally out of nowhere. We were not having a conversation about that. He just wanted to come over to me to tell me that strange story. Sometimes actors walk into the audition room and they leave the smart human being at the door. Uh -huh. And they walk in so dear in the headlights and so 
frazzled or nervous or they're just not thinking and they become this like crazy artiste and they forget that there are still rules of the road. This is your job interview and there's ways you have to behave and there's certain things that are not okay and we're not best friends. I don't even know your name. I don't want to talk about your masturbation habits or whatever it is. Uh, and I think he just forgot to be the smart human being in that moment. Um, for me, that just crossed like 20 lines and I, I have no interest in it beyond any of that. Ugh. I, I mean, I got to say, I've, I've said some stupid shit in my life, but that's, that's, that, takes that, that takes the cake. But I can also sympathize with him as an actor going in because sure. these, uh, these auditions can be nerve wracking. So, yeah, like you said, it's, a lot of times actors leave their, their brains outside the door. Yeah. So what, in, in your opinion, what is the because we live in a town and we work in an industry where there's such a low sort of idea about what the qualifications are to become an actor or a filmmaker or an artist. You can just say, you can leave your job as a bank teller and say, I'm an actor now. Get some photos and say, I'm an actor. I'm going to enter, I'm going to play the Super Bowl. So what, what in your opinion is the, the sort of least an actor needs to be to show up as a professional in your eyes as a casting director? Yeah, anybody can say they are a casting director or a, an agent or a manager or an actor, but we all have to have certain knowledge. I mean, Anybody can claim to be anything that they want. Um, and I see actors all the time come to LA and there's nothing on their resume but high school plays and they uh, took one class back in Minnesota and they're actors and somehow they got this audition and they're here and they're not ready to be. There's no reason to rush it. You can be an actor when you know what the, what that means. What does it mean to be an actor? It doesn't just mean I can memorize some lines and. And, and be this psycho killer character. There's so much that goes into it. You absolutely have to have training and not just skills training, but business training. It is a business and every actor and actress is a businessman and businesswoman who's selling themselves and their brand. And there's a lot that goes into this aside from, I can knock the scene out of the ballpark. I'm a super talented actor. But if you don't know all of the stuff that goes into the business of acting, you're never going to be a successful actor just because you're talented. So you're an actor when you have the education and the skills and the training and you can walk into a room and have a conversation with whomever about the business and about the skills and just and not just show your talent, but talk about it and, and, and know who people are and know the history of filmmaking, quote unquote, or, or know who directors are, or know where, how this started, or why this is called this. Or it's, you're not just an actor because you can do a scene, or you can memorize some lines. There's more that goes into it, uh, and it's very apparent to me when the actors don't have the right training and when they're rushing it, uh, and rushing, it's, it's never going to help you get further. Yeah, I think that's the key, too, is rushing it, get, getting, like, literally stepping off the bus and within a week saying, I want an agent, I'm going to book a series, that's but, right. like, these things take time, and there are people who get off the bus and literally book films and series and stuff right away, but that's, like, the point oh 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 one percent Really, it does take a lot of time and investment and lots of classes and lots of sort of failing forward and, and things like that, and I don't know. I mean, six months minimum. Would you say maybe? Just to I'm, kinda, the, I'm I, the two year guy. I tell actors it takes years. two years because you, you, first of all, you're moving to LA and you have to get used to the city. You have to just live for a minute. You have to figure out what part of town you're going to live in, how to navigate the city. LA is its own beast. Where are you going to take classes? Who are you going to take classes from? What job are you going to get that's going to support all of this? So I need to get a car. The buses out here aren't great. And then there is the, oh, I have to sign up for Actors Access and start going on auditions and I have to start booking projects so that I can get a reel so that maybe some agent will 
want to meet with me, if you can make that happen in six months, well, you're doing something right. But I feel like it takes actors a minimum of a good two solid years of being here and living and getting your own auditions and booking your own work before you have a prayer of getting a reputable agent or manager to start moving, helping move you towards that next direction. But you have to prove that you can do it yourself. No agent wants to rep an actor who can't get things done for themselves and who's met nobody in two years. I feel like that's that's really good to hear <clears throat> in a lot of ways because it kind of lets a lot of us off the hook that it, it is going to take time. And if things aren't happening right away, a lot of times actors think I'm a failure. I wasn't meant to do this. I don't have what it takes. Absolutely. But if you just say, you know what, it's a lifelong process and every minute of my life has a purpose towards this career as an actor because that's you know what creative people do. Being successful takes time. I can remember middle school talking to my mother about wanting to be an actor. I remember sitting on the counter and she's asking me, well, why do you want this right now? We lived in uh, Southampton, Long Island. It's two hours from New York City, so going for auditions wasn't so easy. Uh, well, why do you want to do this right now? And I said, well, I don't want to wait until I'm 20. You know, back then, 20 was old. I don't want to wait until I'm 20 to be an actor. I want to do it now. I want to be acting now. Uh, and my mother, God bless her heart, literally drove me from Southampton to New York City, two hours each direction for these auditions. Uh, and my first audition for Paul Mollo Soap, I literally said not a word in the audition. I refused to speak. I was so nervous I wouldn't even speak. So there should have been a sign. Wow. And she still paid for me to go to college and be an actor. Silly mom. Yeah, and, and there we go. So there I'm in middle school. Cut to I'm still wanting to do this, and I go to college to study acting. And then I'm graduating, I'm 21, and I'm first figuring out that that's not what I want to do. And now I'm 42, and I am just at the point in my life slash career that I am finding success that I need and want. So it takes mm. years. It takes a long time to build success. Malcolm Gladwell says it's 10,000 solid hours at anything to become an expert. And that's just not every moment of every day. You have to actually be working, doing something in your field to have that count toward your 10,000 hours. It takes a long time. Right. I think that somebody did the math and it was something like eight hours a day for 10 years. It's a long time. Uh, things can't happen overnight for most people. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I recently finished a book called Mastery by a guy named Robert Greene, and he really digs into that 10,000-hour thing. And he says 10 to 20,000 hours really is what it takes for people to achieve what we would refer to as genius status. And it's just, there's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing yeah. glamorous. <laughs> it literally is just grinding away every single day, doing the work, getting your reps in every single day for years with no return whatsoever. Well, I think that's a, a nice... Way to look at it, too, is it's not the glamorous life that everybody thinks it is. And, you know, there's New York and there's L.A. And then there's the rest of the world. And I feel like so many people who are not in the business, who don't live here, any, think about anybody who's in the business in Hollywood. Oh, your glamorous lifestyle. You must be wealthy and successful and all these parties all the time. And <laughs> really, it's just quite the opposite. It is the grind for most of us most of the time. And, you know, mm -hmm. casting directors like actors... We don't know what our next job is, even if we're on a series. That could come to an end tomorrow. We're always worried about our next job. We have to go out and, and interview for jobs and meet producers and meet executives and meet directors. We, it's not a glamorous lifestyle for anybody. You can be successful and you can make it and it can get ripped away from you the next day and you can never work again. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is not so glamorous and we all have to love what we do and... I don't know, get out of bed every day for the dream and certainly not the reality of it. Uh, but we also have to be enjoying what we're doing because if we're miserable about the process and the auditions and the job-to-job -job way of life that we all chose, we're miserable. We have to, we have to like it.
everyone. Welcome back. How crazy is that story? I don't even want to talk about it. It's, ooh, yikes. Well, hopefully no one out there is being a whacter like that guy, and uh, and I'm not referring to uh, Jeremy, by the way. I'm referring to, I think you know who I'm referring to. Anyway, moving on, Picks of the Week. I didn't really know if I should do Picks of the Week without Trev around, but we did get a listener pick of the week, so I figured, uh, all right. I know this is post-Oscars, but I finally got the opportunity to see Birdman. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The hype is real. It is a fantastic movie. And if you have not seen it yet, I cannot recommend it enough. It is not only a fantastic film, but such an interesting take on what we do as actors, as artists, Um, I don't want to give away too much, but there's a scene, those of you who have seen it, with a critic about three-quarters of the way through the film. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, keep an eye out for it. Our listener pick comes from longtime listener Eric Eberly, who we were actually able to hang out with when we had our meetup in L.A. when I was in town last time. Eric's a great guy. We got to meet him, his wife. And his pick of the week is a show, a TV show, that I've been meaning to check out for so long. So, you know, as happens often in these picks of the week, this will probably be the thing that pushes me uh, over the edge to watch it. It's called Party Down. And uh, he gave a little description in his email, but I could also describe it because I've heard of it so many times and had it recommended to me so many times. But it's basically about a bunch of down-and-out actors working in catering which I technically do here in New York. It is one of my side part-time thrival jobs. So I'm really looking forward to checking it out finally. So Picks of the Week this week, Birdman from me, Party Down from Eric. Thank you so much, Eric, for sending that in. Speaking of our longtime listeners, our member of the week, that's right, I said member of the week, member of the week this week is James Samank. James is a long-time listener of the podcast and, I believe, a Bruin, a UCLA alum, uh, as, as am I. So go Bruins. And uh, I met James here in New York when he came to see Heathers. James is a Los Angeles-based actor, writer, and filmmaker. He works as a multimedia producer for the LA Review of Books. That's an interesting job. I wonder if he still does that. Now with tweets, he's at James Semenke. You can look for the spelling of that on our website. Well, I guess that does it for this week, so I'm just going to roll right here into the outro. Today's episode of Inside Acting was produced and co-hosted by yours truly and, of course, Trevor Algett. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Kadali Gubrick is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Trevor Algett composed our music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, pretty much wherever you would find your podcasts. I don't know where else you would get your podcasts besides those places. Those are the uh, the premier, the top ones. Special thanks to our sponsors, VO2Gogo.com and Rehearsal 2, and thanks to you, our listeners. Hey, listen, if you love Inside Acting and you want to help keep the show going, sign up as a monthly member. and You will get these cool perks like access to our exclusive online members-only mastermind group launching Tuesday, March 31st. It's real, folks. It's real. Freebies and discounts on merchandise and other upcoming podcast offerings and 
much, much more. Just visit InsideActingPodcast.com and click on the Member tab. So that's it for Episode 184 of Inside Acting. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, don't be a whacter. <laughs>